Blog Talk Radio. of Eastern Airlines is on the air, and we're talking about our favorite way to fly, Eastern Airlines. We're on twice weekly now, Thursday afternoon, REPA, the Retired Eastern Pilots Association's REPA Radio Hour, and that is at 3 p.m. on Thursdays, and the uh, Eastern Airlines, of course, uh, radio show that you're listening to tonight, Monday at 7 p.m. Both broadcasts are live call-in shows, and we welcome your comments on the air. Our hosts are around the U.S. and our listeners from around the world. That's right, over 50 countries now around the world have been identified who regularly listen in. We're glad you're with us. My name is Neil Holland, retired Eastern captain and the producer of the show, and I hope you enjoy tonight's broadcast. I might add here to stick around as we have breaking news with Mark Porter about the new Eastern Airlines. You'll surely want to hear this immediately following tonight's program. And now, Chuck Albright, our announcer... We'll get the show in the air as soon as I turn this microphone on. And I just did. Chuck, it's all yours. Thank you very much. Hello, Eastern family and friends. As our producer said, we're glad you're with us for more Eastern talk and news and information. As he said, my name is Chuck Albright. I'm coming to you live from the village of Florida. Our producer, Captain Neal, is in the St. Augustine area, and our hosts are scattered all around the country. Colleen D. Police is from Wesley Chapel, Florida, just north of Tampa. Captain Mike Scott is in the New York area on Long Island, and normally George, Captain George Jen is with us. He wasn't been able to be with us tonight. And Dorothy and, Ga- and Don Gagnon is in the villages, just about five miles north of me. Jimmy and Carrie Holder in the Atlanta area, and our new uh, host, Harry Lindquist, over in the Biltmore area, and Mark Parter, our 3.0 reporter, is in the Miami area, so hello, one and all. Our producer, Mr. Producer, if you see any of our other regulars, please let me know 
make sure I haven't missed anybody. From all our hosts, welcome and thank you for listening and calling the show for over the past nine years. You've truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. We'd love to hear your comments and share your memories with the radio radio listeners from around the world during the broadcast. If you haven't called the show before, all you need to do is call 213-816-1611. Just say hello. Talk to us on the air live every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Many of our listeners choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on our home page at www.easternradioshow.com or perhaps by signing in on the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio, at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Now remember to abbreviate the word Captain to C-A-P-T. Should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free for you to call in on the call-in number of 213-816-1611 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, let me repeat that number so you can write it down for your Monday night visits, 213-816-1611. By the way, tell your friends about us. Our membership is growing, and we're now up to well over 1,052 Eastern family and friends. And don't and don't don't forget you can listen to any of our 470 Monday night broadcasts or our 100 plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. That's Captain C A P T E E D I E, and scrolling down through the archives of the broadcast. Each episode is briefly described, and we're near our 600 episode. Wow. And all because of listeners like you wanting to talk about Eastern Airlines. Our lines are always open for calls, and if you choose not to participate and talk live with our host, we ask you to please mute your phone because our producer does not have the capability of filtering out background noises such as dog, you know, dogs are barking, slamming the doors, and ice cubes and beverages, and phones ringing. That's why they put the mute feature on your phone. And now, I see we're number one for takeoff. So, Captain, let's get flight 472 in the air. Clear for takeoff. Wind 10024, runway 13 right, cliff takeoff. Roger, Tampa, Eastern 472 is on the roll. awkward. Um, not very friendly. Ah, uh, but she's too young. 
she's uh, as old as she bites nails. She wears glasses. Uh, uh, honey, uh, no, no, the other. Uh, oh, no. Oh, she's married. Well, uh, well. Eastern presents The Losers. Immature. 19 out of 20 <laughs> girls we see never get to be an Eastern Airlines stewardess. They're probably good enough to get a job anywhere they want. But at Eastern, we're very choosy about whom we let serve you on a plane. It may make our job a lot harder, but it makes your flying a lot easier. We want everyone to fly. Oh, the girl with the glasses. Uh, no, the uh, honey, uh, wait, uh, if you... Okay, Colleen. <laughs> I never heard that one before. <laughs> I dug it up. Okay. <laughs> the 80s. Whether you were donning your finest spandex and getting lightheaded on Cezano or putting on the leathers and devil finger into Guns N' Roses, it'll still go down as the most diverse, eclectic, and extravagant decade in recent cultural history. We had New Order and Frankie Goes to Hollywood, U2, Prince, and Cindy Lauper, Springsteen, Inkst, Vanarama, Duran Duran, and the list goes on. Here, however, we whittled down a decade of societal decadence and political decay into these next soundtracks that defined it. Mr. Producer? I'm away from L.A. back to Knoxville I found out those bright lights ain't where I belong From a phone booth in the rain I called to tell her I've had a change of dreams, I'm coming home but tears filled my eyes when I found out she was gone. Smoky mountain rain keeps on falling. I keep on falling. Her name. Smoky mountain rain. I'll keep on searching. I can't go on hurting. I climbed up in the cab all wet and cold and lonely I wiped my eyes and told him about her I've got to find her, can you make these big wheels
Smoky Mountain Rain by Ronnie Millsap. Okay, now here's what was happening at Eastern during the 1980s. Eastern is number one in passenger boarding for 1980 with 39.152 million for the second year in a row. The new midfield terminal opened in Atlanta. Jet fuel cost is up 51.1% over 1979. Eastern continues to grow with the new reservation offices opened in Salt Lake City and Tampa. And employees are now at 40,500 and with a fleet of 275 aircraft. In 1981, service started in Barranquilla, Colombia. The new theme for the airline is America's favorite way to fly. And a strike by air traffic controllers happened in August. Low fares of new deregulated carriers cut deeply into Eastern's revenue with a loss for the year at $65.9 million. Fuel costs continue to rise and is up 18% over 1980. The company has no choice but to cut back and 1,500 full-time employees and 1,000 part-time employees are laid off. Carrie, can you suggest some music to lift the spirits of the great men and women that Eastern employed? Well, Colleen, not only at Eastern, but problems were everywhere, it seems. Because of all the major turmoils from the 1960s and the 1970s, like um, the counterculture movement, the Vietnam War, the Watergate scandal, and the domestic economic crisis, many Americans were left frustrated. Their confidence toward their fellow citizens and government was severely undermined. By the end of Jimmy Carter's presidency, the idealistic dreams of many Americans were destroyed by inflation, foreign policy troubles, an escalating crime. To cope with the turmoil, Americans adopted a new conservatism in social, political, and economic ways of living under the Reagan administration. By the mid-1980s, the whole thing changed when pop music stars such as Madonna and Cyndi Lauper became popular. They introduced an entirely new style that most people associate with the 1980s to the present day. Bright colors, spandex, bangles, hoop earrings, teased hair, loud makeup, and neon clothing were the order of the 80s fashion for women. For the guys, active wear such as sweatpants and sweatshirts, denim jeans and jackets, (laughs) wild-colored thick, itchy sweaters, and athletic shoes were, quote, in during the decade. Let's hear the country-western favorite in the 1980s, Mr. Producer. Maybe I didn't love you Quite as often as I could have And maybe I didn't treat you Quite as good as I should have If I made you feel second best Girl, I'm sorry I was blind You were always on my mind You were always on my mind 
must not tire me out. <laughs> everybody tries. Didn't didn't everybody when they were listening to that song look around if nobody was looking try to do the same move? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Colleen. Okay. In addition to topping the Billboard Hot 100, becoming Kara's only number one song, it earned a platinum record, the Academy Award for Best Original Song, the Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song, and the Grammy Award for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. Wow. In 2004, yeah, in 2004 it finished at number 55 in AFI's 100 Years. That's 100 Song Survey of Top Tunes in American Cinema. Mike? That was a good choice, uh, Mr. Producer. Thank Colleen, you. in 1984, the company added seven new cities. Get Up and Go Passport was developed for senior citizens. Frequent Travelers bonus program doubled over the 1983 program. Service into Peru was stopped in May due to a disagreement between the U.S. and Peru. We added 1,300 full-time employees and now have 284 airplanes in the fleet. However, we lost for the year. Uh, the loss for the year was 13, uh, 37.9 million. Wow. Things were not to get any better in 1985. After June of this year, turned out to be the most traumatic since the deregulation. Some special cut rate fares went as low as 54 cents per mile, well below the break-even point for a full airplane. However, we finally got across the big pond when the Miami-London route was approved. The overnight air freight hub uh, with a hub in Houston called the Moonlight Special was started with a low-cost fares of $49 per leg to the West Coast. Finances worsened, although the profit for was $6.31 million was posted for that year. Joe Leonard was named the President and Chief Operating Officer, with Frank Borman remaining Chairman. Employees were increased to 41,000. There was 41.67 million passengers were carried with a fleet of 289 aircraft. The Eastern Airlines Retirees Association, EARA, was started this year. Now, Mr. Producer, could you play a simple melody that even I could relate to? Yeah, you can. Here we go, Mike. <laughs> Just for you. Oh 
System 1, known as soda, is sold to Texas Air, or should we just say given to Texas Air? That's what it was. Interest payments to creditors were over $2 billion. Debt now amounts to $328 million annually, or roughly, listen to this, $900,000 per day. Mm. Since the average income for the company in 1987 was about $11 million a day, over 8% had to be paid out just as this. Mr. Spooser, I'm telling you, I'm, I am really getting all upset just reading this, and I'm truly depressed. <laughs> so perhaps an uplifting song might be good right now. How, how can I be happy reliving all this stuff again? <laughs> Please, help me out. <laughs> song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy, in every life we have some trouble, but when you worry you make it double, don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy now.
Uh, did that song make you feel any better, Jim? <laughs> well, let me tell you. I appreciate your thoughts, and I'll tell you, don't worry. I met Terry Sue in 1986, the summer, and I've been quite happy ever since. Okay. <laughs> we like that. <laughs> I am really glad to hear that. <laughs> now, back to the music of the 80s and Eastern history. The music scene was this decade pretty much about image. It was uh, it was the arrival of the music television MTV in 1981. The images that accompanied the artist uh, mattered much more than ever. By 1983, MTV was available in over 2,000 cable channels, not a mere 300 when it first started. Another music channel, <clears throat> VHF, VH1 was launched in 1984 and introduced a more classic rock format. Simply put, the the predominance of these music videos as around-the-clock marketing was effective and influential in bringing several new artists as well as new categories into the mainstream. Speaking of genres, in 1980 introduced or reintroduced Many of them, such as the resurgence of heavy metal, the advent of the new wave, hip-hop, rap music, hair metal, all of which influence music in the present. The 1980s also reflected the beginning of an era, great gap, when it comes to income. As many pop stars were becoming affluent during the 1980s, they wanted to prove to the world that they could be generous and have a serious intention of taking certain causes. As a result, rock artists contributed to the world by participating in charity concerts and recordings. These included Band-Aid, We Are the World, as well as uh, Live Aid and Farm Aid concerts which uh, Willie Nelson, Neil Young, John Mellencamp, Dave Matthews, and many others did a great number of performances from the Farmers Aid Program. And some of those concerts uh, were really, really great. They were excellent. Uh, I saw some of those on TV, and they were beautiful. A lot of of people on those. Uh, Now let's go up to, uh, let's go to Baltimore. Harry Lindquist, what do you got for us? Hey, guys, and Captain Jim, you're right. Things are falling apart for Eastern in the 80s. Man, we're so glad you found Carrie Sue because uh, you might have gone off the deep end without her. But anyway, especially in the late 80s, trying to keep up with each meaningful occurrence in the history of Eastern Airlines, once Texas Air obtained control, would require book thicker than repartee. Anyway, here are just a few, here are just a few of the happenings since February 24th, 1986 that may or may not be pertinent. Obviously, many more important things did happen, and more will take place as time marches on. Hopefully, there will be a happy ending, but as we all know, it won't be. February the 24th, 1986, Eastern agrees to a $676 million buyout by Texas Air. July 1st, 1986, 
Lorenzo advises Eastern System 1 reservations. System will be sold to Texas Air. September 2nd, 1986. Eastern lays off 1,500 employees. October 1986. Phil Bakes, named president and CEO of Eastern, and Frank Lorenzo, named chairman. February 1987. EAL, EAL leased to Continental six A300 B4 aircraft for four years with an option to buy. Rental of $225,000 per month per aircraft. March 1987, Continental purchased 11 gates at Newark from EAL for $11 million, 10% promissory note, and traded a leasehold on five gates at Newark for a leasehold on five other gates at Newark held by Eastern. April 18, 1987, Transportation Secretary James Burnley announces an extensive inspection of Eastern and Continental Airlines. October 1987, Eastern lease from a subsidiary of Continental 5 DC-9-51 aircraft for a period of one year from the delivery date. Monthly rentals, $102,000 per aircraft. And November 11, 1987, Eastern lays off 3,500 employees. Mr. Producer, please take us out of this free-falling and spinning out-of-control story. But in 
with there and song sung blue uh you know speaking about the decade of the 80s and i know it's difficult to look back uh at the beginning of the 80s now of course it's been what 30 years ago or whatever um it's very difficult but i want to ask all of the eastern people that are on my board here and to see if you can express yourself as to because I know about when my feeling was that we didn't have long to go. And I think it was about two or three years earlier than we actually um, discontinued our operations in 1989, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I had that feeling, and, uh, and I don't know about you guys, What's your thoughts? Because the 80s, uh, we started out, I guess, doing real good. The number one passenger-carrying airline in the free world until the airplane was no longer, I mean, the airline was no longer. Any thoughts? Well, Neil, on my end, uh, I was fortunate enough to, uh, so to say, I left Eastern Airlines 10 years before you guys went out on strike in 89. I, I left Eastern uh, 79 to pursue my aviation career elsewhere. So, uh, But I did stop by and see all the guys and saw the uh, the uh, progression of the degression of uh, 
things at Hangar 9 there at uh, Kennedy. I used to stop by coming yeah. from Newark all the time, say hello to the guys. And the morale was going down and down and down and down. So that's the long and the short of it. Well, Neil, I can say this. Uh, I was a alpha chairman in Atlanta in 85 and 86 when I was there that night. The airline was uh, delivered to Lorenzo. And later on, I was chairman again during the strike. And I had many of the young guys, because of those two positions I held, come to me and ask me what I thought they should do. And yeah. almost invariably, I said, listen, I think you ought to go over there and talk to United, Northwest, and United mainly, it seemed like. Uh, Delta didn't want any of our guys, but uh, very few. But uh, And Jim Gardner is a good example. Uh, we had a Halloween party we went to in 88. And uh, he was there, and he spent the whole party with him asking me what I thought I ought to do. And he did, and he went with Piedmont. He ended up with uh, U.S. Air as the captain eventually. But that's, uh, that's what I remember mainly about those days. I was telling these guys, the young guys, you better get out of here. Chuck, how was it among the ranks of the mechanics? Well, the mechanics had, a, a, I guess, a similar view, but the problem was that a lot of mechanics didn't feel that the upper echelon of the company was really what you would call um, airline people or airplane people. As you know, pilots and mechanics and people that are actually on the airplane, uh, they have a, a a feeling towards the airplane, and um, the mechanics felt that the upper management didn't have that feeling, that the airplane was just a commodity to make a buck, whereas we uh, treated an airplane uh, kind of rightly so as some good-looking woman. It was uh, a pleasure to be with. Pilots got to fly, the mechanics got to But uh, I, I personally felt that uh, a lot of the upper management people were just not interested in running an airline. They were interested in making a buck. And at that time, we, our program tonight has uh, dealt in those areas of finance. And, I mean, it's plain as it's on your face that we weren't making the money. And for some reason, um why would you go out and buy what was it, eleven airplanes or twelve airplanes right. when you when you're not making any money? I mean, yeah. it, it just common sense tells you just huddle down and hunker down and, and, and use what you got and make it profitable. And uh, you know, Eastern Airlines was uh, I think the people of Eastern Airlines was the airline. I, I don't think the management people were the yeah. people of airline. Of course, you're talking to an Eastern brat, as you know. My dad was there in 37, and they had that same feeling, the ground people, the pilots, the mechanics. They were they were building something that they could see the future, and Captain Eddie, was, uh, he was really in there pitching. Uh, he might be a little rough around the edges, but he had the right idea. All the managers that came down the pike, uh, I would say um, maybe after the 70s or so, they didn't have that attitude. They had an attitude, 
let's make a buck and um, see what we can do. Not let's create a, a great airline and keep it going. So okay, that's what Chuck, a lot of thanks. them felt like. Uh, Mark, okay, are you I, there? Chuck, yeah, right. I wanna, uh, before Mark goes on, I want to ask uh, – uh, <laughs> who am I going to ask? Colleen. Colleen, I know you weren't around at the end. I don't think you were. Were you? No, I wasn't. I was long gone. Yeah, but you and your there. husband, a captain with Eastern as well, I'm sure you had many discussions around the kitchen table. Yes, that's all right. Forget it. Yeah, I was going to say something, Neil. Yeah, I was asked, I was trying to get Colleen's uh, input here about, uh, about she and her no, husband. No, absolutely. Uh, very briefly, no, actually, we didn't. He did not talk about it. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. He wasn't. Okay. Uh, wasn't that type. Okay. Well, uh, and uh, yeah, well, Don, uh, you uh, have something uh, to say, Don? No, I was just going to tell say something about Chuck Albright. Uh, I think he's got a picture of Captain Eddie with a little baby on his lap, and yeah. that's Chuck Albright. Yeah, I was. That's uh, right. That's right. We heard that. I was six months old, and my my dad helped, uh, or he actually did, open up Charleston, South Carolina during the war. And Captain Eddie liked my dad a lot, and he used to come by, and mom would cook him dinner, because uh, you know it was, it, there was to be a layover in the plane and takeoff in the morning. And my dad got this little brownie camera like thing. And, took a picture, and Captain Eddie let me sit on his knee. I, I got okay. some pictures up on sending Neil. Neil, I'm going to okay. send them to you in the mail. Uh, you can copy them, and one of them is Captain Eddie and a couple of the other oh, ones. Well, Chuck, and we'll put them on the website. Season. We'll make an album out of them. Well, they're really nice, and uh, they've been passed down through the family, so what you're going to okay. have to do is copy them. Yeah, I'll do that. Very good. Yeah. I want to get you, you, to uh, Harry because, Harry, you left a little bit before the uh, the end of Eastern, didn't you, Harry? Yeah, you I, I did. I was long gone by then, but uh, waiting for the show tonight, I, I just happened to run across a New York Times article from 1988 about this very subject. And, Neil, you mentioned that you, you had the feeling and you knew two or three years before it happened that it was basically inevitable. And yeah. this New York Times story starts out, the first paragraph is that during uh, this month of 1987, whatever it was, that an L-1011 left New York to Miami with 37 passengers. And so, mm-hmm. again, you, you can't fly an L-1011 with 37 passengers and yeah. survive very yeah. long. And yeah. Uh, yeah. just one other thing right quick. Uh, you all might have heard of this book, but there's a book that was written about 20 years ago. I believe it's called A Hard Landing, but it's a great history book of the, uh, say, between the 70s and 2000s of the airline industry. There's a chapter yeah. on Eastern, and uh, it's if you're interested in that history, it's really a detailed book, a lot about America and what Crandall did, how that affected the industry and so forth, but uh, – Anyway, great, great little history book about the airline industry. I got it in my library, Harry, and it was a very good book. I ought to go and review it again because I might get some ideas there to uh, come up with another show. 
There you uh, go. Renee, Renee, are you with me up in Canada? I'm listening in. Okay. Uh, how, how did you guys handle uh, hearing all about uh, what was going on toward the very end? And, and what's your thoughts about that? Well, we were part of the Northern Territory, and we just sort of uh, took in what was coming down. We had no input into it. We just sort of reacted and said, well, we hope for the best, and obviously the best didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, okay, uh, I appreciate it. I think it was a good uh, good show. A decade of uh, different types of music, as we heard tonight. Uh, and also, I like the one that, don't worry, Jim Holder, don't worry. <laughs> I hope you Hey, Jim, I got, I got an answer to your question about why are all the wives down in Texas? That's because he kept asking them to marry them. I got the first-hand knowledge of that. Yeah. No, I, I had that song for Mike, Mike Scott. <laughs> Okay, uh, I, I hear some music about to be played right now. Only Mark Porter gets music like that to introduce uh, the next <laughs> the next discussion, and Mark. Uh, has uh, brought us up to date in the last many, many shows, and we appreciate it, Mark. What you got for us tonight? Well, as you know, the the COVID-19 is causing chaos in the airline industry. You can hear me well, can't you? Yes, yes. we can. Yes. Okay. And so Eastern's plans uh, to, on the 29th to start uh, service to Los Cabos uh, has put put on hold due to that the infrastructure that Eastern needs for that service in Los Cabos is not available. So they won't start that service until the 14th of November. And if they can start it earlier, then they will. Oh, wow. In the meantime, that frees up a lot of Eastern aircrafts, uh, their planes. And my guess is it's looking like Brazil is next hmm. and probably even within next month. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, the good thing about that that many people don't realize is we're polar opposites. So it's right now, it's their fall. And so by the time Eastern cranks this up, let's say they crank it up in September, that's like going into sort of the, the, the summer. And that's when all the people begin to travel in Brazil. They'll either go to the seaside or they'll come to the United States to Mickey Mouse land and Miami. So that's a very busy time. Um, the airports uh, Eastern has chosen, Belo Horizonte, Curubita, uh, Brasilia, the capital, um, they're, they're good airports. I mean, there's, there's not any service, but if you're doing it once or twice a week, you could probably make a profit out of it. Miami, I mean, American Airlines has pulled out of Brasilia because it's a it's a town for the ambassadors, so it's rather boring. I've been there. Uh, it has very. Um, uh, I'm a Democrat, but that has socialistic um, architecture that makes absolutely no sense. You have to go to a hundred grocery stores to get all your groceries. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, they're so small, every single one. But having said that, no U.S. carrier flies there. So if mm. Eastern goes into Brasilia, they'll be the only U.S. carrier flying from Miami to Brasilia. Um, can they make a profit on it? Probably if they stick with it and stick only, uh, let's say, Wednesday and Saturday flying there. Um, and the same with Belo Horizonte and um, Brasilia. And sorry, and um, Curavita. I would have picked Mark, something better, though. Yeah. I just uh, asked Alexa what the population of Brasilia was, and it's 2.9 mi- million people. And, right. And you mean there's no major carrier serving Brasilia? There are a lot of carriers, but they're all Brazilian. Okay. I mean, uh, hmm. Goal Airlines has their hub there. But Goal Airlines is about to declare chapter – it is in Chapter 11, and they think it's going to go Chapter 7 because this, the government of Brazil won't help them because the uh-huh. time that they were going to take the loans out, Goal said we don't need it. But now they need it, and they can't get it. Oh, wow. So if Goal goes under, who's the mm. feeder for Brasilia? Uh, yeah, looks like Azul, Azul could be the feeder, but there's no nonstop flight out of uh, there. Dulles would have been probably a better pick. Dulles, Brasilia, as ambassador to ambassador, you know, the capital to capital. Yeah, yeah. They don't um, have any you... plans to do any type of uh, tourist type thing to draw more people. Yeah, I see Eastern advertising for the for the foreign uh, countries to come to the United States, and I think that's good. But I think it's a mistake. You have a you have eight million people in Manhattan, and twenty two million in metropolitan area. So I would most definitely start an advertising campaign in Manhattan, in uh, New Jersey. I would put uh, ads on the on the subways and everything and the trains going in and the, the path uh, to have the tourists in that area of Connecticut, New Jersey, Manhattan flying down and seeing mm-hmm. Recife, Belo Horizonte, um, Fortaleza. These are places I would take, you know, the Americans to, and they're your money people, the Americans. Brazil, it could all of a sudden have a terrible economic impact the people, they're paid in cruceros, and cruceros don't mean anything to Eastern Airlines by the time those people go to get the flight. That crucero that was 3000 is now 9000 So they have to be paying with a credit card. So that's a okay. very good question because, yeah, I think it's much better to get the American crowd and be taking them down there. Yeah. Um, hey, Mark. Yeah, no, go ahead and finish that up. I wanted to ask you a question here. Go ahead. Aruba is going to be a dynamite destination out of New York. And oh, Santa yeah. Domingo, with all the Dominicans in New York, that's a win-win. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay, I want to ask you about uh, what uh, we have been talking about uh, you have identified 
a couple of uh, folks, employees, uh, pilots mainly, that are interested in taking part in, in our radio show. And these pilots, of course, being with uh, the New Eastern Airlines. And um, uh, we're hoping that we can we can get them on the air. And we have to be very careful about talking with them, interview questions uh, mm-hmm. about, uh, and as we've done before when Ed Weagle uh, was uh, with the uh, 2.0 crowd, uh, airline rather, right. I should say. And uh, but we had people that came on uh, the radio show and talked about the New Eastern, which was Ed Weagle uh, startup down in Miami. And uh, so mm-hmm. we're, we're we're hoping that we can do the same with the new new Eastern uh, and have some of the folks come on our show, uh, pilots, and we'd like to get some flight attendants and, and employees that uh, will come on and talk about you know, uh, what they feel about the new airline without getting themselves into a, uh, a management yeah, the exposure situation. is fabulous. Going out to 50 countries, a lot yeah. of the countries that Eastern will be serving, like Brazil and Argentina and Uruguay, and they're in Ecuador now, then some of those people that may be listening may not even be aware that the airline is functioning. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have... Uh, we have a lot of European countries as well. I was just looking looking uh, today on the statistics of those that have tuned us in. And we have mm-hmm. uh, folks from Poland and uh, Hungary and the Czech Republic and uh, Thailand, of course, and Indonesia. All of these folks uh, uh, might be just one person in that country that listens to us. but uh, And we have no way of knowing how many folks that have tuned us in, but we are uh, we do have a map that identifies those folks that uh, listen in on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get the word out, and we hope that we can get uh, the president of the New Eastern to come on and be with us and mm-hmm. talk to us about uh, you know what what the yeah, plans what are. Many people aren't what many people aren't aware of is that Eastern flies only the wide bodies. They're very proud of it, and their airfare is stunning. I mean, because they're they're private, they can set anything they want. Uh, yeah. From Miami yeah. to to Ecuador is fifty four dollars. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Not many people can can offer that. No. But Eastern can, and it gets you in. But they of course have a great cargo uh, program in Guayaquil, and so oh, yeah. the fifty four dollars and the cargo is a different ball game. And they have like the wide to put the yeah. cargo on. Sounds like the Moonlight Special. <laughs> but I flew, I flew many flights. Uh, well, that's great news that I'm hearing from you, Mark, and keep up the uh, update with us and uh, all the things that are happening with the version. I hate to refer to it as version 3.0, but uh, well, at least Eastern, the name of Eastern is back in the air, and we appreciate you bringing us up to date weekly. Mark. Oh, my pleasure. Much. Now, Dorothy. Yes. Yeah. Um, With the remaining time we have, I'd like to talk to Jim and and uh, Colleen to find out if there's anything that's uh, to be uh, talked about. Silver Liners and also the Retired Eastern Pilots Association. 
Okay. I, I just would like to say Carrie Holder's birthday is coming up this week, and oh. George Jen is too, so I wanted to wish both of them a happy birthday from yeah. all of us. Uh, but oh, George, of course, you. couldn't be with us. But happy birthday, uh, Carrie, from all of us. Happy birthday, yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Carrie. Oh. Right. And George, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dorothy? Oh, okay. I, I, I thought you wanted to go to uh, 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 Jim or, or uh, Carrie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Colleen, uh, let's start with you. Anything new with the Silverliners? Actually, no. No, uh, nothing going on. Everybody's still hunkered down and uh, mm-hmm. uh, planning on Zoom meetings. But, uh, you know, everything has really come to a standstill. We can't do much of anything. Yeah. What about Jim? Jim, what's going on with Reaper? Well, tomorrow is the uh, deadline for the ballot on dissolution, and I talked to Jerry a while ago, and he said that we're still getting one or two ballots a day, and it's pushing around 270, which is about 100 less, but I think it's 370 members. So we'll be looking at the week from now end of the week from now, uh, we're going to meet and uh, count the ballots and see what what the, what the guys want to do, guys and gals want to do. So we're down to about a week to go. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, our Thursday show uh, is the Reaper show, and we'll be continuing with the final chapter of uh, Captain Hassan. So be sure to join Neil and our host. Uh, for that at 3 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, don't forget, we have archived episodes of all of this Reaper Radio Hour that can be seen on our www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie uh, website. Uh, our next program, uh, we have several coming up, one of which will be the air safety and bird strikes. And we're talking about virtual flying. So we have several that are coming up that are sure to be a great one. We want to thank our sponsors. Our major sponsor is the Retired Eastern Pilots Association, that we really appreciate their generous donation that continues to keep us on the air. We also have members uh, that join in and sponsor us as well. And all of those folks, their name is up on our website under a sponsor tab, and uh, be sure to check it all out and see who is with us and who is keeping us going on the air. We're still looking for additional donors, folks, so please try to be a sponsor and help us to keep the radio voice of Eastern Airlines going strong across the airwaves of our wonderful planet Earth. That's right. We're heard in many countries across the globe. When you send in your donation of $40, you'll receive a signed copy of Neil's book, Wings of Many. It's a fun read. It's by the Eastern people back in the days of Eastern air transport to the Wings of Man and America's favorite way to fly. So send any correspondence and donation to Captain Neil Holland, EAL Radio Show, 9776 San Jose Boulevard, Suite 12B, and that's in Jacksonville, Florida. 32257. 
Why not be a sponsor by sending your donation to keep the radio voice of Eastern Airlines alive and well and well into 2021? Back to you, Neil. Okay, thanks, Dorothy. Thanks, hosts. It was a great show. I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to once again call uh, for the skillful flying of Captain Hop Harrigan. And uh, we're going to land the airplane. don't know where we're going to land on the grass, but we're going to try to get it into Los Angeles International Airport. So, Hop, it's all yours. Thank you. 
Great show, guys. Thanks so much. Great. Good night. Good night now. Bye-bye.